Greg Groeschel once said, Our world needs strong, bold, consistent, courageous, integrity-infused leaders. Keep this in mind, as we discuss today, the U.S.-Africa Leaders Summit that just concluded yesterday, and what significance it, does it have and how that will shape, to a degree, the global order. My name is Dr. David Wanaru. And my name is Dr. Ross Stewart. And you are watching Geopolitics in Conflict. From West Asia, we turn our focus to Africa, another region with China's eye in a bid to counter American interests. U.S. President Joe Biden has invited 49 African heads of state and leaders of the African Union to Washington, D.C. The United States is signing an historic memorandum of understanding. This MOU will unlock new opportunities for trade an investment between our countries and bring Africa and the United States even closer than ever. The world is a random, meaningless chaos, or is it? How do some of the best, wealthiest, and most powerful people seem to know what's coming before it happens? Well, one way is that they create the circumstances in their favor, but the other is that they know how to read the world's stage and spot patterns and trends in key areas. They don't get lost in the overwhelm of endless information. They know what's important to pay attention to using their own formulas, and most importantly, they know where to put that information to actually make it usable. Would you like to be able to do the same thing? Well, we have a course that teaches you to do that exact same thing. It's called No Nonsense Politics. So if you want the leg up that some of the world's brightest have, as well as an online community of people who think for themselves just like you, check it out. Link in the description box below. You know, this summit with the African leaders just concluded yesterday, and all these African leaders were invited to Washington, D.C. And the big question is, how do the American people benefit from this conference? <laughs> I know, let alone the cost involved in, oh, the cost. in, in, in you know, lodging and all that stuff. So, well, indeed, the summit concluded just yesterday. By the time you watch it, it will be two or three days. So there were about 55 countries uh, invited, but 49 attended. Okay. And the only reason for 49, you don't see six, because six uh, countries were not invited. Oh. Yeah. Those countries were Mali, Sudan, Guinea, Burkina Faso, Eritrea and Somaliland. So, so the U.S. government argued that, well, because, uh, like for example, in the case of Mali, Sudan, Guinea, and Burkina Faso, we're not invited uh, to the call it global events <laughs> <laughs> because African Union uh, uh, sort of uh, suspended them due to coup attempts. Okay. Well, Africa is known for coup attempts and so forth. Somaliland was not invited because it's not recognized as a country as a country by the U.S. So that's that's the reason why. But we're not here to talk about that. In this summit, we want to go behind the news, like you always say, behind yeah. the scenes, and provide you a brief analysis as to what it means, if anything. Right, and that's a big if. Yeah. It means anything because I am sure African leaders will be shaking their heads. They are not naive. The view is from many people that they are naive, but there are a whole lot of very smart, very well-educated people from Af the African nations. 
Yeah, and they're they're not gonna they understand why they were. Can we use the term summoned? They were summoned. That's a very different from <laughs> invited, invited, but they were summoned. Yeah. yeah, because if it were the other case, the U.S. would have reached out by going there. Right. That's to me. That's my opinion, but I don't know. So, uh, yeah, it is more than just uh, uh, inviting them here, because despite what the United States is saying, what the meeting is about, strengthening a relationship between the U.S. and Africa, no, all the conversations was about China and how to, forward. And how to stop the Chinese from having a major economic impact on many nations in, in Africa. Well, because U.S., uh, some elites in U.S., whether in the financial sector or economics, whatever, they are accusing China and Russia for, uh, and I looked that into it, for targeting investments at the expense of the U.S. Well, the U.S. is not investing in Africa to begin with. <laughs> So. You know, it's like, how long has it been since the United States, if ever, has had a foreign policy concerning Africa? No, we, do we no. have historically have any evidence that there ever was one? No, no. And, and Africa has been established with China. Because remember, this summit, which is supposed to be every three years, the last one was held was in 2014 by a former President Obama. So what happened to... You know, if you do it every three years, what happened to 2017 and to 2020? So Didn't happen. Yeah. In comparison this to China. Well, China's been really hosting a lot of African leaders. Yeah. And as you know, I follow China pretty closely. Mm-hmm. And you see per leader after leader after leader being, being given the royal treatment in Beijing. And they've been holding these summits between China and Africa since 2000, every three years. So now they've got 22 years history. Exactly. That's the point. And that means they have access to raw materials. They have yeah. access to markets yeah. that they wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. And they've invested heavily in, uh, in Africa. I mean, with all the uh, construction that took place in Sudan, for example. Oh, yeah. In Nigeria with the petrochemical industry and so forth. So there's a lot. So, so the arguments we are making, we here in the United States, making that is China's sort of step in on U.S. sphere of influence. Hold it. They're impinging on our rights to own the world. <laughs> well. So, yeah, Africans, I am, I am certain African leaders sort of, yes, they did visit, came here to the U.S. to attend the summit. Yeah. But in reality, they knew they're not going to be swayed by because the U.S. has offered $50 billion foreign aid to African development. At first blush. Where are they going to get the $50 billion? From, yeah. yeah. Okay, let's put that aside because yeah. we already know about the gigantic deficit spending and what it means to inflation. We've, everyone watching this show already knows about that. Exactly. Yeah. And what are they going to do with it? Yeah. And the other thing is with this foreign aid, that is, it wasn't about just aid in Africa because let's be fair. There is massive corruption in Africa. Some African leaders are corrupted to the core. Like any other places, we have it right here in the U.S. Absolutely right. So, and I always believe, and I still believe that Africa's potentials can be reached if they get rid themselves of corruption, corrupt leaders. I mean, I just find out that even the South African president, Ramaphosa, now is involved in some corruption scandal. Oh, my God. You know, this is what's ruining Africa. Africa has all the resources. It has human capital. Yes. It has the natural resources. It has access to water. It has the landscape. 
But and, it's the corruption. And what we see is this massive corruption that holds everything back. Yeah, exactly. And that is part of where the problem in Africa is. But here is the big issue about why the U.S. all of a sudden shifting the interest. Why is shifting the interest because of the recent vote in the U.N. regarding sanctions against Russia. Oh, this is, this is a big story. Indeed. Because African countries did, did not, not go along with it. With the U.S., yes. You know, as a matter of fact, now you look in the entire global south. Yeah. Which when you talk about global south, what do you see? I mean, when you look at the map over there. We certainly see Africa. Africa, <laughs> most of them. Yeah, they, all of them are support Russia. But they support Russia also because of energy. So there's this uh, geopolitical dynamics that play behind the scenes that African leaders are watching this shift and they are asking themselves, do we want to be part of this shift and benefit from it? Or do we want to stay put be corrupted and let the countries like France, like Germany, <laughs> like Dutch, Belgium, even though they are not as it used to be back in colonial yeah. days, take advantage of the resources in Africa. Well, they certainly have a number of very vociferous uh, people saying no longer colonial benefit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I always say Africa has a lot of resources. It just... They're not tapped into because of the massive corruption that exists. If they get rid themselves of corruption, Africa can move forward. They must also see the trend toward the East because yeah. that's where they're putting their energy. Yeah. And uh, speaking of the East, when you look at, for example, China's uh, bilateral relations with Africa. China overtook the U.S. since 2009 with investments up to $254 billion. Wow. Yeah, that's how. That's why uh, this summit, uh, and I would say it's straightforward, this summit is not about the relationship between the U.S. and Africa. And you know that $254 billion is an investment, not a gift. The Chinese don't give gifts. No, 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 no. no, no. You're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. Look no further than the BRI now. Oh, yeah. How massive it is in, in Africa. You know, African countries saying, hey, that's benefit us. That's building our infrastructure, you know. That benefits everybody yeah. in Africa. It actually benefits people maybe all over the world. Exactly. And it's not free. There is no such thing. as a, We always say this in our culture. Uh, there is no free lunch. Right, you know? right, right. And even America. America is not going to do anything for free. <laughs> yeah, we all know this one. So, so that is where that... Uh, and by the way, that $254 billion, it's up by 35% since 2020. That's in one lot. year, between twenty, between twenty twenty, and twenty twenty one, it went up by thirty five percent. So it tells you right there where, and and this becomes the question of, what do you advocate for? Right. Yeah. Economic prosperity, or conflicts. Well, what we historically what we know is a whole lot of American aid is in the form of military. And military. That's, right. That's the, that does not help them to have a stable government to have. Yeah. No, for sure, for sure. Russia also comes into the conversation here. And why? Because Russia's presence in Africa, mm -hmm. and it does have a presence, especially from military aspects of it. 
Oh. Like you got groups like Wagoners. Those are special, oh, yeah. special ops like what we have in the U.S. We do have them as well. And I'm a little bit familiar with, given the time that I spent in Africa way back when I was still working in Washington, D.C. So the presence of Russians, especially like in Mali, that's why Mali kicked France out. You know, it's because the presence of the, uh, uh, the Russian forces there. So. But Russia is also there for access to natural resources. Oh, what a shock. Yeah, like <laughs> I mean, uh, uranium that... and platinum, if I'm not mistaken. No. Especially the uranium. Yeah, they do I mean, have... Platinum's, uh... platinum's worth a lot, but the uranium yeah. is almost priceless yeah, in and... terms of yeah. power going forward. And Africa has a lot of it. So this is why uh, the, the question that many will be asking now, okay, how this is... For us, if you happen to be an American, you'll be asking the question, how does summit benefit us, Americans? We can't figure out any way that's benefiting, we the people. No, no. Because what's in it for Americans? Yeah, nothing. Nothing. You know, it's just a waste of our tax dollars. You know, why are we, you know, I have nothing against helping other countries, but I, I would object to just handing $52 billion to, in foreign aid to Africa for what? And there's always the news behind the news in terms of how that $50 billion is spent. Yeah. Well, Who, look, where does it really go? Like, yeah. where's this? I mean, I was going to mention Ukraine, but we'll talk about that another time. Yeah, but you have to correct us. You look at it like, for example, the aid on a yearly basis to Egypt. We used to give Egypt about $2.7 billion a year. Where does he end up? Military. Yeah, at the coffers of when, when, when what's his name, the late Hosni Mubarak died? Oh, yeah. He found an account in Switzerland with $30 billion. You know, I did the research on it. I disclosed it in my book when I wrote about <laughs> the, I think, the Iran book or, or the Saudi book. $30 billion. Yeah, yeah. How did it generate all that money from? Because he's been in power for almost 30 years. A so, billion dollars a year. Yeah, okay. well, <laughs> yeah it's, tax, it's, it's U.S. taxpayers' money. Yeah. So, you know, you, you, the government, taking it out of American people and handing it to an individual's to just put it in their bank account? That's to me, it's problematic. So this is no different than what's going on right now with the U.S. announcing, we're going to give $52 billion in foreign aid to Africa. It's going to get wasted anyway because yeah. of the corruption that exists in Africa. So it won't really help anybody except those in power to become even more powerful yeah. and more wealthy. Yeah. And shame on those leaders in Africa because yeah. if they couldn't think of the welfare of their countries, this is why I don't understand it. Why, why, why they get involved in corruptions to begin with? It's like human nature. It's never enough. You know, there is that part in human beings that no matter what you have, yeah. there's a certain element of the population who says it's not enough. Yeah. It's looking at doing a psychological profile on someone who's worth $7 billion. Mm -hmm. They're dedicated to eight, to nine, to ten. So what are you going to do with all that money? And, oh, I don't know. What? So this drive and compulsion to have more, 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 more when it's absolutely unnecessary, but there's a cost that comes with it. Mm. And part of that cost was they outsourced a whole bunch of stuff overseas and the American people lost jobs. Yeah, and that's exactly what is happening. So I don't quite understand. That's no different than what we're doing with Ukraine, just giving more money. For what? You know, over and over and over again, we see that the Americans do this. It's like, come bring a basket and we'll fill up with money. What's, what do the American people gain from it? And we can't find a single gain from it, yeah. especially with Africa with absolutely no real consistent foreign policy. Yeah. Like, what are we going there for? 
Well, that is what part of the problem where the U.S. now is realizing it's too late. You know, this initiative towards Africa, it's not going to work because we never had a strategy towards Africa to begin with because Africa, in the eyes of the U.S. foreign policy, is the forgotten continent. It was always the focus on Middle East right. and Far East. Even Latin America, after the 70s, even though the Monroe Doctrine, the Monroe Doctrine was still, some say still alive, no, it's not. Africa is no different. That's why I personally do not understand why all of a sudden we are allocating U.S. taxpayers' money. To some corrupt organizations <laughs> yeah, all over say. Africa. <laughs> oh, by the way, all over the world where the U.S. just dumps money in. Yeah. As if the, it seems like they're buying influence as opposed to any real investment in a, foreign, in a consistent foreign policy or benefit to American people in any way. And that tells you right there where the, the failure of, of uh, American foreign policy if you have to bribe your way, yeah, then that's, that means your policy, foreign policy that is, is not sound, is not well structured. Let alone you don't have qualified individuals who do understand the dynamics of what other countries are all about. So that's to me the way I see it. I had an opportunity once where I interviewed one of the candidates for a position mm -hmm. when the savings and loan crisis was going on. Mm -hmm. And... Many people don't even know what that is, but do you remember when that was? Was that 1988? Uh, but anyway, no, the savings and loans got so corrupt that they were all going under. And so the federal government stepped in. And I interviewed one of the three candidates for that position. And he said, get the government out of it. Leave us alone. We will correct ourselves and we'll, we won't cost all of our investors everything. Mm -hmm. And going, no. Let's, let's raise $168 billion in debt as opposed to put the right candidate in place. They're going, does this happen over and over and over again? I think we're looking at it in Washington right now as the rule, not the exception. Yeah, well, Washington is corrupted to the core. <laughs> I don't shy away from <laughs> no, saying No, don't say you know, it. It's because it's, you know, it's, it's the right of a citizen, in my opinion, is the right of a citizen to criticize and hold the government accountable. If we are not to voice it, then what's the point? Yes, there are other countries that they are corrupted, whatever. But first of all, let's deal with our own domestic issues first. That's why I always believe foreign policy, as one who works in Washington, it starts at home. Right. You know, fix your own issues at home first before you telling other countries what to do. You know, one of the things about the Internet is... It's allowing a number of people to have, who really know something yeah. to have a voice. Yeah. And that means that anyone who's really interested can go find out about any one of these topics. And are there solutions? I'm surprised how many good solutions there are, but you don't hear about them. Yeah. I've interviewed too many good people who had really concrete, smart ways of solving issues. Well, like the thing you mentioned last time about solving the homelessness in America. Oh, yeah. With what, $30 billion or something like that? It was some building billion. small units. But... As a matter of fact, on the way over to the, to the studio today, I saw 30 of them in construction. They're amazing little, little things. Yeah. But you can see, it's... the truck takes them, dumps them, and they're connected up, and a person has a place to live, and there were $16,000 each. And yet the government won't take the initiative to fix the homelessness problem here in America. Well, from what I can tell, they don't have a competent person running this whole show. A good person could see the issues clearly 
yeah. and say, here's how much it takes, and here's the action plan. Well, yeah, because all the brava bravado coming out of Washington for dictating to the rest of the world. This is why when an American president speaks on foreign policy, uh, all the world hears is nothing but a bravado. That's it. It's because, like I always say, we do one thing, we say one thing and do another. No. Here's something that might get, the, get the, the attention of a whole lot more people than would have otherwise. Yeah. It's now 100 million people have slipped into poverty. Here in the U.S.? Now, 50 million are have been recognized, yeah. but the, the, now there's 50 million who live paycheck to paycheck who are skipping meals to feed their children. Wow. In I mean, the U.S.? In the United States. We've got 340 million people here, and that's almost a third of the population is in this desperate straits. And so the Internet might be some place that they get information to say, we need to change something now. Yeah. And there's certainly a lot of voices for change. Yeah. Well, I wish most Americans will be watching this kind of information to understand what's going on instead of being distracted by some other, you know, whatever nonsense stuff that's going on in the media and all that. So I marvel. Yeah. At, the, at the distractions that, that are promoted and how people are so emotional about them that they don't pay attention to the things that really matter. Right, it's by design, Ross. I you wouldn't know this more than anyone else, given the I, psychology. I watched it yeah. being put together. Yeah, that's, that's, that's probably what it is. Yep. Sad to know that <laughs> some of us Americans are oblivious to what's going on. They just... Clueless. And that's why they won't understand for something like this. The U.S. is offering, just offering $52 billion to Africa. Just sending over $100 billion to Ukraine. For, you know, for what? Well, I know who pays for it. We pay we through do. inflation. Yeah. We can't even say it's our tax dollars going to it because we're so into debt every time there's a new budget yeah. that it isn't tax dollars. It's inflation dollars. You know, I have to have some sympathy for people who are working two jobs because mm. they now must to keep up, to keep food on the table. And people who are overworked, and American, American management, for example, is grossly overworked. Yeah. You know, when you say, well, 48 hours is a typical work week for a manager in the United States, that's not a made-up statistic. What does that mean in terms of how much energy you have for anything else? You're tired. Yeah. And the stress level, the depression level, all of these things are, are contributing to People don't have the bandwidth to really pay attention to how to take care of themselves, especially when it looks at, looks at the, the federal government and how it's being spending money. But when they pay more for gas, they pay more for groceries, they pay more for everything, it's getting a whole lot of people's attention. Yeah. Well, this is, this is the reason why we wanted to talk about something like this. I know it's, uh, to some, uh, this might not mean a thing, but you know, if you happen to be an American watching this, you really need to pay attention. You know, we keep talking about patterns and trends and where yeah. things are going. And so we see the United States not paying much attention to Africa in any effective way. Yeah. What, is that talk, what is that telling us about the patterns and trends about America losing prestige, power, influence in the world today? Yeah, due to our own uh, uh, failing policies, and, or failed policies rather, our own making basically. Right. Because you have incompetent people in Washington making decisions on our behalf. And we're not picking on any particular political no, no, party. No, 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 no. It's systemic. No, this is the whole reason for why we're talking. We're talking because we care for our country. Exactly. And we, it's almost like, personally, the way I see it, I see like there is a giant hole on the road. Yeah. And the country is going to fall into it, and I'm like trying to prevent it from happening. 
This is one way we can do it is by sharing the knowledge we've acquired over the years with you to put things in perspective so you'll have a better understanding where things are headed so you can prepare. That is the whole reason. Yeah, there are those who are saying, well, you guys don't like America. No, that's nonsense. That's not true. That's nonsense. That is, that is weak argument completely. So, and, if, and that kind of argument is to shut people up. Yeah. As opposed to, we want open discussion. Yeah. A view of democracy, because we're in a representative democracy. Yeah. And capitalism. So we have an open, uh, this representative democracy, which means there's a lot of conflict and controversy. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of discussion. We have capitalism, which has a lot of pluses and a lot of minuses. Mm -hmm. But in an open society, somehow we wiggle together a way to go forward that many, many people benefit from. You close down that system, and all of a sudden a whole lot of people are disenfranchised. Yeah. And it's a system failure. So keeping conversation to zero is absolutely the wrongest thing possible. Yeah. Or you look at it no further than what's going on right now in Europe. Oh, policies. Wow, yeah. Who's paying for it? The European people. You know, for us, even for us, with the failed policies, the fiscal policies, you know, the fiscal policies in the U.S., it's not to your benefit or mine or Russ's or all of us. No. It's to those elites, you know, because those are the ones dictating the terms. So if you don't educate yourself and get informed about the issues, how would you even understand what's going on? How would you even understand that allocating this $52 billion to Africa, it's going to come out of your pocket? Clearly. Yours and mine and the Russes and all of us. Do, you know, I got a problem with that. It's not I don't want to help, but I got to fix the issues here at home first. That's, that's the way we see it. So this is why we wanted to share this with you. Any final thoughts, Russ, before we close this out? I just... My, my general laughing thought of more hot air. But it's winter here now, and maybe we could use all the hot air that was generated at that summit. Indeed. <laughs> That's a good one. So. Well, I hope you find this information very useful. And as always, prepare yourself for a changing world order. Till next time. Bye-bye.